Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Cinema Gems. And as always, I'm your host, the Admirable Admiral. And as always, we're in a video store somewhere in your hometown. So come find us. Yes, video stores still exist. And of course, guys, the chewing, the gnawing with a silent G that you hear in the background is, of course, the fantastic Miss Frida and the Honorable Tesla. They are gnawing on their jackalope antlers. And guys, you're wondering, wow, the Admiral sounds really weird. Did they take him in the back and shoot him and replace him with someone else? No, I just had an allergy attack because there's another tropical storm in the Atlantic that's going to hit Florida. I don't know why, but yeah. So the pollen is up in the air and my nose and voice is filtered out. Yesterday, I could be a, do a really good Beetlejuice impression, according to Patron. I did it for the Butt Maestro earlier. There he is. But he said it was all right. So, Bud Maestro, how you doing, buddy? I think it was a little bit more than all right. I think it was it was more than passable. Although you're right, I didn't get to hear the Beetlejuice impression while you were in like the 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 heart of the uh, allergy attack, which I I'm sure you and I are not the only ones having hard times with allergies right now. But hey, everyone, remember just like take your vitamins, do your best to stay healthy, and hi. Welcome back to Cinema Gems. We are another show on the internet where a bunch of nerds talk about movies and other cinema-adjacent things occasionally. And you read the title. You know what it is. It's another Star Wars episode. I will hang up and end this episode right now. I will like pull. I, did that. I, I will pull this car over right now. So help me. <laughs> Put that thing back where it came from. Or so help me. So help me. So help me. Ah. Um. Wow. I uh, yeah. Y'all read the title. Reference. It's it's tales of the Je yes. Of course, I knew you were you were singing Indiana Jones. <laughs> you really think you're get, you really think you're gonna uh, get get that slow ball. Uh, by me? Come on. But look, y'all read the title. Y'all know what we're doing. It's Tales of the Jedi. Because a few weeks ago, Disney Plus gave us even more Star Wars from the brilliant mind of Dave Filoni. The mastermind behind Star Wars The Clone Wars. And uh, Rebels. And a bunch of other properties. He's also been a co-writer and director and collaborator on The Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett. Uh... So yeah, Tales of the Jedi, a.k.a. Dave Filoni further fixing the prequels. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. Um, and also to those listeners hearing some type of brushing outside, that is the uh, street sweeper. Yes, in Florida we have street sweepers and they're literally cleaning up all the leaves before the hurricane hits tomorrow. Um, so yeah, uh, Florida is just a weird amalgamation of a place. It makes a lot of sense, and a lot of sense doesn't make here. But whatever. We're not talking about Florida here. We're talking about Tales of the Jedi. So, there are six episodes, and three episodes are about Ahsoka, and three episodes are about Count Dooku. Um, and, conjective... Um, well, I don't know where that word came from. Um, uh, conjective... Um, I see. Speaking you, from... What, a, what are you trying to say? I don't, I don't know what word I'm trying to say. I guess conjectively speaking is the word I'm trying to say. Before we started recording, actually a couple days ago when I called you on Sunday, 
before the allergy attack. Uh, we apparently both agree that there's one set of episodes far superior than the other set of episodes. Which I thought we were the opposite ends of that spectrum. But we also need to specify that you and I are are both a part of an, oh, an el- not an elite, but a rare group an, of an people. An exclusive that, club. That, an exclusive club club that went to go watch the Star Wars Clone Wars movie in 2008. I saw it in theaters. The the pilot for the show before the show got greenlit. And the show barely got greenlit. But in retrospect, we're all very happy it did. Because even though that movie was a bit of a rough start, it show, the show, and y'all can watch it on Disney+, Plus. it's a hell of a binge. It's a lot of great Star Wars content uh, from all over the galaxy, not just focusing on the Skywalker drama. Uh, but it's seven seasons of Star Wars gold. And a lot of that continued with Star Wars Rebels, which, again, is several seasons of Star Wars gold. Yeah. Uh, a primary recurring character of both of those series is the young Jedi, uh, later exiled from the Jedi, um, Ahsoka Tano. Yes, um, and you said you had an interesting story about her uh, as a voice actor. Uh, you want to okay. talk about that? Yes. So, Ashley Eckstein, uh, the voice of Ahsoka Tano. As far as I can tell, Ahsoka Tano was one of her, if not her first, big voice acting gig. Uh, and uh, I bumped into this video that someone took of her at a Q&A at a Comic-Con, uh, where someone asked her about her most embarrassing moment as a voice actor, and she, without hesitation, pulled the story of one of her first times in a VO booth. Uh, they, After all of the main dialogue for the episode, they ask you to just make combat noises, like when you're getting hit, or when you're hitting something, or if you're falling. Uh, and for ten minutes, she made, Ah! 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 Sounds. For 10 minutes straight, at the end of the session, D. Bradley Baker walks into her booth and puts a $1 bill on her podium and walks away. Wow. (laughs) Sorry, that story's just fucking hilarious to me because D. Bradley Baker, a.k.a. the noises behind every animated animal uh, in... Avatar The Last Airbender and Dragon Prince and several other animated shows, as well as the voice of every single clone in The Clone Wars and uh, Tales of the Jedi, as well as some other series. Um, so... So, three of these episodes focus primarily on Ahsoka Tano. Uh, the first being centered around her birth... And all of the weird ceremony involving all of that and the people of her tribe realizing, oh, she's a Jedi because she force persuaded a giant lion bear to not attack her village and take her back safe when she was a baby. Yeah. So setting up, they're establishing something that ever really got to in the Clone Wars series, which is from birth, Ahsoka was incredibly force sensitive mainly because of a pure sense of empathy. And I think this also recontextualizes her ability in uh, The Mandalorian 
talk to Baby Yoda telepathically Grogu. through the Force. Grogu, thank you. Um, I think it was a very nice episode. I think uh, a lot of what this series does very effectively is recontextualize and give further context to things we already know and things we've already seen. But in doing so, making those events feel more significant. Because you see the hard work, you see where these characters came from. Uh... We're, uh, and then there's and then yeah. the second so that episode. first episode, life and death. Uh, after that first episode, if you're watching this straight through on Disney Plus, you'll encounter three more episodes. Those are all centered on Dooku. For the moment, we're gonna briefly skip over those because we're just gonna talk about Ahsoka's arc in this series, and then we'll circle back to Dooku because there's a lot of fun shit to unpack there. Wouldn't you say, Admiral? So, did, did you see Kanan Jarrus in the background? Yes, I did. In the uh, second oh. episode of Ahsoka's arc in this series, Practice Makes Perfect. This is by far my favorite Ahsoka episode in this arc. Really? Okay, so it's a toss-up between the baby one and the last episode that she was in. Uh, the very last one of this series, of her arc, it was... Uh, that one uh, was originally the first one, and that one are, t- are a tie for my two, um, for my favorite of Ahsoka. So let, let me tell you why this episode is so significant to me, and uh, <clears throat> excuse me, and uh, works so fucking well for me. Um, it, it is all about Ahsoka training uh, through the Jedi Temple and Anakin going, no, the tests they're giving you are not good tests. They're not truly testing your skills. They're not truly preparing you for what's out there. you got to go against the best of the best, these clones. Uh, and her getting better and better over time. The last shot of the episode is her and Rex walking out to the huge squadron of clones Right after Order 66. It segues perfectly. Before you do that, you also have to specify that it's careening into a fucking moon. Yes. And she's walking out. Okay, cool. Just specify that. that That's a lot of weight. Yes. Because it segues directly into that last episode of Clone Wars. Is a perfect segue to the point that when we were watching this on Disney Plus, GLaDOS insisted that we switch over to that last episode of Clone Wars to see that transition. And my God, it works perfectly. It is so fucking good. Dave Filoni had it in his head at all times. I think he really did. I think he absolutely did. Showing all the practice and hard work that helped her prepare for this moment. Watching Rex go, wow, I really hope all that training paid off. Because they know it's do or die right here. Um, and then the the last episode... Um, Resolve. Has her at Padme's funeral. Correct. Has her at Padme's funeral uh, and, and she see, connects with mm-hmm. Senator Bail Organa. Who's voiced by Phil Lamar. Yeah, which I'm okay with. I... I Phil Lamar can do any voice at any time. I mean, what what is your favorite Phil Lamar voice acting role? Because I can think of a handful. Um, I really like Hermes. Yeah, a lot. I figured you would say Hermes. Um, but I also like his uh, portrayal of uh, um, 
Mace Windu. His Mace Windu and is the, also uh, very last good. Of the um, I mainly it's very stoic. I mainly know him as John Stewart from uh, John Stewart Green Lantern from the Justice League animated series. Oh, that's a good one too. Um, I thought you were gonna say from Pulp oh, Fiction where he got his head and off. Samurai Jack. <laughs> He does do Samurai Jack. He is yes. the voice of yeah, Jack. He does do that one too. Um, does he do a voice in the Cherskovs? Oh, oh wow! I just messed up that the Clone Wars two D animation. Does he do a voice in that one, or is that? I'm sure he does, he but I do not currently have that page pulled up. I like him as Marvin a lot in Pulp Fiction. Though. Oh yeah, he's great. When he gets his head blown off by uh by what's his face uh Saturday Night Fever. I can't think of his name right now. Uh, John Travolta. <laughs> Thank you, Tesla. So Ahsoka Tesla. gets to talk to Bail Organa, and Bail Organa is, oh, good, you survived. Uh, call me anytime you need any help. I'm here to help. I'm clearly one of the good guys, uh, and if we're ever going to overcome this empire, we got to do it together, you know, trying to form a rebellion kind of thing. Ahsoka goes, no thanks, and tries to go into hiding for several years. And it works until it doesn't. And a particularly nosy uh, villager. This oh my god. Well, she does save. She does save the villager from certain death. So yeah, she she she, she saves the ungrateful prick who routed ratted her out, and in doing so, got his whole village destroyed. Fucking idiot. Oh, that's his own fucking fault. But. Legit, she did it because it was to serve the Force. Like, she did it because she knew that it wasn't, like, I guess she foresaw, that's what I think she foresaw in the timeline of the Force, that this wasn't the way for this person to go. Probably. That's, that's how I see it. Uh, I, I, I will say this is Ear my flaps, least people. favorite Ear of flaps. the three in, the, in this Ahsoka arc. Um, I oh, do really? appreciate okay. anything that propels her forward in the story and maybe gives us more additional context to what all she was doing in between uh, Clone Wars and Rebels where she pops up with uh, Kanan and them uh, and trains him and up And she comes Fulcrum? Yeah. Um, uh, did you like the Inquisitor that we never got to know anything about? Just he was fucking cool. Uh, voiced by Clancy Brown, I believe. Right? Mr. Krabs Isn't himself. that amazing? I think that was yeah. amazing. That, that was great. He looked fucking cool. I wish we could have gotten more of him. Yeah, I was just like, wait. I was like, oh, this is really cool. And then she takes him out without her lightsaber. She uses his lightsaber to take him out. Which I absolutely love that. Um, so yeah, th- that's the Ahsoka arc of this, uh, of this show so far. Uh, I genuinely hope we get more of Tales of the Jedi later, and I hope we get more Ahsoka in it. Uh, but until then, we have a whole nother character to talk about who's primarily featured in uh, this series, and that is a young what? Count Dooku. Okay, so before we go any further, yes, the internet says, why did you make Dooku hot? And I showed a picture of young Dooku to Patron, and she's like, why is he just a goth boy? Why is he just a hot goth boy? And my question is, Dave Filoni, why did you sexualize Count Dooku and make him hot? So we could Have feel bad for him? Have you seen pictures of a young Christopher Lee, though? It makes sense. Do you know sense. that Christopher Lee was 
uh, basically James Bond was based off of Christopher yeah. Lee. Did you know that? Yeah. yeah. Yes, yeah. I fucking did. Because Christopher Lee was an amazing motherfucker. He fucking fought Dracula. He became a Jedi. He's a fucking wizard. He's an amazing actor. And I really sadly that he's gone. All right. Very sadly. Um, and I think all three of these episodes uh, it, it did not just propel the story of Dooku and recontextualize Dooku in some really, really fun ways. Um, but it also, I think, paid beautiful homage to Chris Furley himself. Yes. Um, so out of the three, which was your favorite? Um, I Cause, think... Cause... I, I okay. loved them all. <laughs> I loved them all. I watched them all back to back to back, and they work incredibly well back to back to back. The first one uh, takes place when Count Dooku is a fresh Jedi Master and has his apprentice, a young Qui-Gon Jinn. And did you catch the episode one Easter egg in this? Did you catch the little wink at the audience? Yeah, I thought that was really good. So, uh, I'll talk about that in a second. So, TLDR in this episode, uh, they're going to... A, a senator's son has been kidnapped by people of his planet. They go to investigate and find out the people of the planet are fucking miserable because the senators and government of the galaxy are not serving their people the way they uh, said they would. Surprise, surprise, late-stage capitalism is failing people. Who would have thunk? Um, they, of course, become very upset with this, and when the senator himself comes with the security force and says, give me my fucking son back, Dooku's like, no, we're going to talk about how miserable the people of your planet are because you failed to fucking mention that. Uh, and that starts a whole throwdown. Um, quite young Qui-Gon being incredibly wise for a fucking Padawan releases his son so the son can go save the dad who is being force choked by an angry Dooku yeah. and the line toward the end of this episode that really got me because I immediately recognized it I don't know if you did Admiral uh, was uh, Dooku Corruption Qui-Gon you're a much wiser man. Oh, than I. I see. One of my favorite lines ever spoken by Dooku was, "Corruption like yours should be eradicated." And I'm just like, "Holy shit, that's an amazing fucking line!" Like, I agree. But the the uh, Dooku telling Qui Gon, "You're a much wiser man than yep. I am," Qui Gon Jin, because he says it to Obi Wan. Mirrors later on. Qui-Gon saying to Obi-Wan, you're a much wiser man than I am, Obi-Wan. Um, did you also know who did the voice of young Qui-Gon? It was Liam Neeson's son. Yeah. Really? My, uh, Mikhail yes. Richardson? Yes. Okay. I did not know that was Liam Neeson's son. That's cool. That's really cool. So we get to the yeah, second but no, episode. No, let's talk about the first episode. The first episode is really good, mainly because it got to show the dark depths of Dooku of what he was holding back and what he released when yeah. things when he's like we're not meant to serve you we're meant to serve the people of the Republic and the way he turned would you see that would you say that was his first step into the dark side was that I think it was his first temptation to the dark side I I also think he didn't realize at the time that he was going to the dark side because in my in his mind he wasn't becoming evil he was fighting evil he was 
revealing and exposing the evil built into this system that calls itself yeah. good. He, he was serving justice to the people that he promised to protect and serve. I think this, this is the perfect opposite to, uh, and I'm blanking on the character's name in Andor, but the guy who started out as security on this planet. And, oh, Cyril? Yeah, Cyril. Cyril? With, with Cyril, you have someone who is blindly, endlessly devoted to the Empire and is blind to the fact that the Empire does not need him as much as he needs the Empire. And he is disposable to the Empire, but he will do everything he can to help no matter what. Versus Dooku, who is so smart and so wise and so insightful and so wanting to fight for justice and equity and equality that as soon as he sees the cracks goes nah fuck this <laughs> or at least starts to have those those ideas uh and i think that brings us beautifully into uh the second episode of this arc choices where we see him going around with master mace windu and did, did you also chuckle quite a bit of oh by uh, tc terrence uh terrence carson yeah. Kratos himself. Now, we, we have to specify, he was the uh, video game voice of Kratos for all of the God of War games yeah. up until the newest game and a half. Correct. Because uh, that, that's Teal from Stargate. The OG Kratos. Yeah, this is the OG Kratos. Um, th there was one line, they were riding in the ship together, and I hope it made you chuckle just like it made me chuckle. <laughs> Windu, my friend, your devotion to rules is, uh, oh, what is it? What did he say? Is in, is as infuriating as it is inspiring. Yep. <laughs> because goddamn, like, that's a mood and a half. Yeah. That, like, I just, I loved all the episodes you got. But I agree with you what you said on Sunday night when we talked. Um, that you said the Ahsoka episodes were a B plus, but the Dooku ones were an A plus. They were so delectable that I want more episodes of of Dooku. I just want more, just a little bit, not a lot, just a little bit. Um, I I I'm not holding my breath for more. Um, because I think the three that we got have all perfectly answered most questions we've all had about Dooku. Um, most of the important ones, anyway. What was it like when he was mentoring Qui-Gon? Uh, what was he doing when he wasn't mentoring Qui-Gon? Did he know about uh, Darth Maul and all of that shit going on? When did his fall into the, the his temptation to the dark side really start? And we see all of that in these three. Um, especially when he realizes that it, they're, they're going to investigate the murder of a Jedi and it turns out it was the security force on this planet that murdered the Jedi. Uh, and Mace Windu had already mm, known his apprentice. that he was uh, promised that master's seat on the council and didn't tell Dooku about it. Yep. And, you know, throws the fucking rule book at Dooku. Had you not acted reckless, maybe the seat would have been yours. Uh, 
is just a fucking dick about it. And as you stated on our phone call, that maybe that's just why Dooku, Qui-Gon, and Anakin went to the dark side. Well, not Qui-Gon, but he was more a gray Jedi. Not Qui-Gon. He was more a gray Jedi than anything. But that they weren't... This, this once again, I think this solidifies the theory that all of the Jedi Masters turned Sith Lords in this era only did so because they were denied a seat on the council. They were like, well, you know what? If I don't like your council, I'll go make my own council with Blackjack and hookers. <laughs> forget the hookers and forget the Blackjack. Without the Blackjack. Um, uh, um, and then we get to... So I think that brings us... This one. The Yaddle episode. Um, the Sith Lord. Yes. Well, before we go any further, uh-huh. we have to specify that um, the uh, Yoda did appear twice in this series. But because Tom Kane, the voice actor who did the voice of Yoda, yeah. was retired due to a stroke, he did not have any speaking parts. Which I 100% uh, like respect. Respect. Nothing but respect. Nothing but respect. But, um, Yaddo can talk normally. What's up with Yoda? Like, Yaddo talks very normally to what we appear to talk to, but Yoda... Can I also point out, uh, we still don't know the name of that species. No, we don't. We do not know the name of that species. We, we still know nothing about that species and where they come from and how they work. And yeah, uh, that being said, I thought Yaddle was fantastic because she is the only Jedi that sees that Dooku's mind is in turmoil. Yeah. Uh, especially after... Uh, he he hears that Qui-Gon is talking about this Sith warrior that popped up on Tatooine and that he's going back to Naboo to help Senator uh, Queen Amidala with all of that. And the next thing he knows, his former apprentice, his favorite student, is dead, is one with the Force. Right, but we and also see Yaddle in the beginning of the episode about it, uh, that he deletes Kamino from the Jedi Archive. Yes, you're right. I'm sorry I skipped over that. That is a really big deal. Done by he, Master Sifo-Dyas. He uses code. Master Sifo-Dyas. Yep. Uh, he uses Master yeah. Sifo-Dyas' login <laughs> to delete uh, any right. Jedi uh, but temple sure, records of uh, I'm going to call Camino. you on a phone call. Admiral, can you hear yes, me Yes, I can hear you a lot better now. Uh, it was all gargled up, uh, probably due to the hurricane coming. Uh, but we were talking about uh, Master Sifo Diaz, correct? Yes. So, yeah, he uses the code for Master Sifo Diaz, and the Camino is deleted. Um, and then he goes and talks to Jocasta Nu, and she basically, you know, plot exposition. It has to go somewhere. Specifies that Qui-Gon Jinn... Um, uh, acquired knowledge of said Sith Lord, a Sith apprentice or whatever, on Tatooine. And then he goes and talks to Yaddle, and then Qui-Gon comes up, and this is actually Liam Neeson doing Qui-Gon again. Like, like this is actually his voice. Now, is it... I, I, I couldn't really find much to support this either way. Uh, could you tell 
whether this was Liam Neeson back in the booth again reprising his role or did they do a chef from South Park and just cut his lines from The Phantom Menace and put them in? Because that's kind of what it sounded like to me. I, I personally think that they, since they had, since they reached out to his son, they were like, hey, we need you for like a few lines. That's what I thought. Okay. That's what I think of personally, but they may also have done what you thought, the chef, the chef way. Um, I really love this episode because it shows the turmoil, like you said, the stated previously, the deep, dark path that city, that Sidious, that Sidious takes Dooku down, and when he realizes that uh, Qui-Gon's dead, he goes to Qui-Gon's favorite place on... Coruscant, which is the the tree that's in the Jedi Temple, and he sees it. Basically, the leaves are falling, and I guess that signifies to Dooku and to Yaddle that the Force is, you know, losing the for the the light side of the Force is losing to the dark side. Um, yeah, and we also get to see where he's like, oh, Yaddle's like, do you want to go to? The the funeral, basically, and Duke is like, I can't, I can't do it. I will grieve of my own way. And she senses something in him, I guess, so she follows him. And we also see why, we specify canonically why Yaddle and Dooku are not at the funeral in Phantom Menace. We see why. is because they were off having their own lightsaber battle. And holy shit, was it fucking epic. That was a fucking epic lightsaber battle. Yeah. And Bryce Dallas Howard, Opie's daughter, did the voice of Yaddle. Okay. I thought that sounded familiar. Um, And we got uh, Ian McDermott back to do Palpatine. Um, Which is always great. I thought it was going to be Tim Curry again. I thought it was going to be Tim Curry. But it's fine. Uh, but when he, I love when he, when, when he's talking, when Yaddle and him are talking back and forth and then Palpatine's like, but you said that your dogmatic narrow view of the Jedi is what keeps you all away from lap dogs. And I think at that point, uh, I was going to say Christopher Lee, Count Dooku was like, oh, fuck that. I'm not doing that shit again. I am not doing that fucking shit again. Like, legit, I yeah. feel that that was the turning point. Because he legit was upset. Like, Count Dooku was upset that he lost his Padawan. He lost, he he did everything for, to corrupt and do everything for the Senate for it to actually implode. And then when he realized that there was no going back, that's when he was just like, well, fuck it. I'm going to kill her, and I'm just going to go to the dark side, and they can't do shit. I'll leave. I think it's also really interesting to realize, keep in mind the line from Palpatine in this episode, we both lost apprentices today. It's very likely this whole thing was set up by Palpatine, send Maul on a suicide mission, so now he can take, uh, send Maul on a suicide mission and have Qui-Gon Jinn go on that same suicide mission, have each other, have them take each other out. So now... Palpatine's got a free spot for an apprentice and Dooku's being pushed into the arms of the dark side by losing his apprentice. It all works out. Yeah. 
because, in the most evil fucking way. Yeah, because I know, I know you know this, but I don't know if the listeners know this. But Dave Filoni says that one of his favorite Star Wars fights is the Duel of Fates because it's literally for Anakin's soul. Like if Qui Gon yeah. survived, we would not have the events of uh, the Skywalker saga because yeah, because Anakin would have had the father figure he really deserved. Correct. And that's the main reason why Qui-Gon had to die is because Palpatine saw that. Palpatine was like, oh, this is a father figure that'll lead him down the good path. I need to take him out and become his father figure and lead him down the wrong path. Yep. Um, And then we get to see an amazing battle with Yaddle that was not meant to rhyme. And we get to see her actually internal conflict of trying to convince Dooku that he's wrong try and convince like stop what you're doing if you turn and help me and bring him in i will vouch for you and say that you were turned blah blah and we just get to see an amazing battle the door careens on top of her she pushes it open she falls out and dooku just slices her and like ignites his lightsaber in the middle of her chest it's very sad to see Yaddle die, mainly because we only saw her as a background character. We only saw her as other thing, as you know, it's just a, just a, just a, just a walk-on character, and to see but the emotional way. We know that she had a greater importance in the Star Wars story, correct? Especially when it comes to Dooku's fall from the Jedi, or. She was the last of the Jedi to see any worth in listening to Dooku. She was the last. She she was the last one that didn't completely dismiss him as fucking crazy. Correct. And um, I don't know how that investigation went uh, with the with the Jedi because um, they could have followed where her homing beacon for the her plane was and followed it because I remember I think shortly after this. Dooku left the Jedi Order. He left willingly. He's like, I'm done. And that sets up Attack of the Clones, where they're like, Count Count Dooku didn't do that. Dooku was a Jedi once before. And it's like, wow. Like, you literally don't know him. You don't know him. You don't know the the turmoil that he went through to have to do the things he had to do to set up the galaxy to be poised at an opportune time for it to break and splinter into the the rebel alliance and the empire exactly um so guys we have a rating system here on cinema gems a full gem an amazing movie half gem an all right movie no gem a horrible movie but maestro what do you give tales of the jedi a whole gem and i want more (laughs) Same. I give it a whole gym as well. It is an amazing series. I want more, but not too much. I'll wait another year. I'll wait another year. I'll wait another two years. Give me... I I will also totally understand if Dave Filoni comes out and says, no, this is all all we need to say about these particular characters at these points of time. And I will be satisfied with that answer. Because... The I feel like the whole point of a prequel is to give additional context or recontextualize in a new light events you've already seen. 
and the Star Wars prequels as they are as standalone movies do not effectively do that because they raise much more questions than answers. And over the last several years, Dave Filoni has been slowly recontextualizing aspects of the prequels in ways that make them make a little bit more sense. I still can't fucking understand a damn thing Jar Jar is saying, even with subtitles. I have no idea what he's trying to say. He makes no sense. But there are certain important aspects of those movies that make a lot more sense, even with Tales of the Jedi, especially the Dooku arcs. It yeah. makes me want to go back and watch the prequels again, especially 2 and 3, and pay much closer attention to how Dooku interacts with Jedi, especially Obi-Wan Kenobi and Mace Windu. Yeah. Um, Alright, guys. Uh, so that has been uh, the Tales of the Jedi. Thank you, Marty and the Arrogant Zebra, for aligning us your website, lowerainpictures.com. Also, Kevin George... Thank you for lending us Shushu Music. Also, guys, you can email us at cinemagems15 at gmail.com or tweet at us unless... <clears throat> for, for as long as Twitter still exists, yes. you can still tweet us at cinemagems underscore pod. Sorry. I, I, we, don't I, know how we don't know how much longer Twitter is going to exist for because as we speak, Elon Musk is destroying his own platform with capitalist bullshit. Yep. Uh free speech for eight dollars a month um i love how um i don't know if you saw this tweet by stephen king um that stephen king goes wait so to keep my blue verified check i have to pay twenty dollars a month i'm not gonna do that and elon musk was like well how how else do you expect us to keep this platform alive and stephen king's just like ads ads by like companies what the fuck and that is just an amazing contextual. What's really funny to me is even with the $8 a month, there's still going to be ads. Oh, and it's not going to be at. Did you see all the people that pulled out of Twitter so far? Like, it's like, it, it's literally companies that are million dollar companies. And they're like, we're not, we're not going to deal with Twitter anymore because of the way it's yeah, going. So as long as Twitter is still a thing, <laughs> we will still be on it uh, regularly-ish posting our episodes. And of course, the link to lowrainpictures.com where you can find all of our episodes. And I believe you can still find them on Apple Podcasts as well. But yes, seeing as can. I don't have an Apple device, I haven't been able to check on that in a while. Uh, uh, but also, guys, Thank you can follow as the always Instagram. To... Oh, yes, the Instagram as well. Yeah. Low, uh, uh cinema gym pod but uh thank you guys very much uh for marty and the eric and for aligning us your website and also you were talking about the uh, swapper jacks family is that what you were talking always. about always thank you to our swapper jacks family and our lovely cinemaniacs congratulations you have survived another episode of the admiral and butt maestro ranting about star wars thank you for hanging in there with us and may the force be with you um all right guys well all we have to say is just remember that it's always darkest before the dawn 2023 is almost here. Yes, there are a couple more weeks and we will have episodes ready for it to listen to the dark despair that will probably be brought in 2023. We don't know if there's a dark despair, but we know that we'll be there for you guys because y'all are there for us. So what I have to say, guys, is wipe your hooves and see you later. But remember, black lives always matter. Always. All right, guys. Love y'all. Bye.
Peace.